All right. Hello. Welcome to everyone to Hope Community Church. So grateful to have everyone here. Let's give another round of applause for our Texas mission team. They are so amazing. I was praying for you guys. I was very terrified about persecution from the uh, Dallas Cowboys down there, the Cowboy fans. So thankfully everyone got back. No issues down there at all, which is awesome. Guys, you were changing the world down there, truly. Uh, one of the reasons we partner with Start With One Kenya is because of the amazing Mother Teresa quote that says, if you can't feed 100 people, you start with one. And so you changed maybe one or two individuals' lives down there, but in doing so, you changed the world. So we are very, very grateful for that. Again, round of applause for them. Okay, so today uh, we are in our series called One on One, and the reason we call it One on One is because Pastor Josh and I have had a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, just counseling, exhorting, encouraging, and through that we've had a bunch of topics come up in those one-on-one -on -one conversations, and so what we wanted to do is because those one-on-one -on -one conversations have been so beneficial to people, we wanted to have those conversations in a group setting, and so last week Pastor Josh talked about exhortation, so encourage someone towards positive change and but before you can make any changes what we talked about last week was you need to have a desire to change and so before any exhortation can work before any pushing towards positive change can work you need to have a desire for change and so today we're going to be talking about one of our first one-on-one -on -one conversations but before we do that we believe in the power of prayer and so I'm going to take a moment to pray for us so if you'll bow your heads with me Heavenly Father, we love you. We are so, so, so grateful that there is truth in this world. We are so grateful for your word and the way that it gives us freedom. And I just pray that you be with me, uh, that anything that is my opinion or anything that is not of you would go away and that ultimately you would remain, Lord, that you would change our hearts today, that you would make us more like you today, more like the men and women that you created us to be. So please go before us today. Please move in our hearts today. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So, we are in our one-on-one, -on -one, and the topic that I really wanted to talk about today that has come up in so many conversations with the people that I've had, the, uh, the, the topic that we're talking about today is the lies that we believe. So, the lies that we believe. So often, I've had conversations with people that are believing lies, and what happens when we believe those lies is that it keeps us from engaging in the mission of God and keeps us from becoming the men and women that we were created to be. And so a lot of times uh, in life, we believe lies. And a lot of times, these lies can be relatively harmless. So to give you an example, personally, uh, I love coffee. I am a huge coffee fan. Anyone else? Yes, yes. The cheers in the room, raising up those coffees. I, for the longest time, I fought it. I didn't want to have coffee at all. I wanted to live on the energy of the universe. That did not work out, though. I got introduced to Frappuccinos, which I now call a gateway drug, and so I had black coffee this morning, and it, it was amazing. It's so good. There it is, the Wawa cup. So anyway, I love coffee, but cards on the table, I have literally no clue, no clue whether it's healthy for me or not. I have done research into it, I have Google searched, and I have found so many conflicting reports of saying like, nine ways coffee is good for you, and then nine ways that coffee is the devil's juice, so don't drink it. And so I literally have no clue whether or not coffee is good for me or not. And so what I've decided is that I'm just going to believe that coffee is good for me, and if I get to the end of my life and the doctor sits me down, he's like, Sean, you have mocha wake-up disease. I'm going to be like, you know what? No regrets. That is a life well lived. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally down for that. So what a way to go. So sometimes we believe lies that don't really affect our lives. 
But other times we believe lies that do really affect our lives. To give you a few examples of this, I have had many conversations with people, especially at school, that found their, they believe that their worth and value in this world was found in the grade that they received. And that came from a bunch of different places, but basically anytime they got points off on an assignment, anytime they got a bad grade on a test, or even one or two points off, their life would be devastated and they would be hurled down into a deep depression. I've also met people whose worth and value are found in the male or female attention that they receive. And so they give themselves over to their looks, trying to make themselves good, trying to make their social media as best as they can in order to attract all the male and female attention, and they become slaves to their looks and slaves to things that they weren't meant to be slaves to. I've also met people whose worth and value are found in money, and so they believe that their status, their value is found in the amount, the number that they have in their bank account, and so that leads them to work really, really long hours, sometimes neglecting their families uh, in order to get as much money as possible, which in the end you, you, you can't take with you. And so the reason I want to talk about this is uh, because so often we believe lies that keep us from engaging in the mission of God and becoming the men and women that we were created to be. And so I really, really, really wanted to bring this into the light, all the lies that we may be believing. Maybe you guys can do some reflection and see, is there any lies within my heart that I'm believing? And I also want to talk about how to combat those lies. And the reason I want to do this is because what we believe determines what we do. What we believe determines what we do. So another way of saying that is that our actions are informed by what we believe. And so if I believe that physical fitness is important to me, if I believe that physical fitness is something to uh, achieve and run after, then I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to eat protein, or I'm going to drink protein shakes, or I like to call it protein shakes, but anyway... You can drink protein shakes, you can get a Fitbit, you can do a bunch of stuff in order to do physical fitness. I may also believe that Nifty 50s is one of the greatest things that God ever created, and so sometimes our beliefs can contradict, but either way, what we believe determines what we do. Our actions are informed by our beliefs, and that is why it is so, so, so important uh, to believe the truth and not believe the lies. So as I said before, if we believe lies, this will cause us to live a life that keeps us from engaging in the mission of God and becoming the men and women that we are made to be. And here at Hope Community Church, we are very passionate. Our board of directors, every, every member in this church wants us to become the men and women that we were created to be. And so that's one of the reasons why we're talking about this today. Um, another reason why I'm so passionate about this is because the world, unfortunately, because we live in a very broken world, the world is full of lies. The world is full of lies. There is an enemy and feeding people lies is one of the main ways he uses to keep people from becoming the people, the people that God created them to be. I hope this doesn't come a surprise to you that there is an enemy. There is a guy named Satan. He is the absolute worst. Hopefully this isn't a surprise to you. I promise, I'm sure that Pastor Josh has talked about this. The Bible talks about this a lot. Jesus said that there is an enemy and he came to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. The Apostle Paul explains in Ephesians 6, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly, playlist, or in the heavenly places. And I don't say this to scare us, but to give us a reality check. Because if we walk through our life believing that you know, spiritual warfare doesn't exist, that there isn't an enemy, then we are not on our guard and we can be susceptible to the lies and just the workings of the enemy. And again, I don't say this to scare us because we believe that we have victory in Jesus. 
that Jesus is incredibly powerful and he has and he will overcome the enemy. He will have complete power over the darkness in this world. And so we have victory in Jesus. And so I say this, do this little reality check because I want us to be aware but not afraid. Aware but not afraid. C.S. Lewis, who's one of my favorite theologians, I love him to death, he says there's two mistakes that we can make when, in regards to spiritual warfare. One is believing that they're everywhere, that there's like a demon behind every tree, and that every bad thing that happens to you is a result of spiritual warfare. So for example, if I walked down these stairs today after my sermon and I tripped and fell and you guys laughed and it was really embarrassing for me, I could stand up and be like, Satan, prince of darkness, tripped me, and that's the reason why I fell. Like, uh, that, that's what happened. When in reality, I'm actually just, I have very long limbs and I'm very clumsy. I'm not very coordinated. And so that's probably why I would fall. And so that would be a fallacy with spiritual warfare is just believing that every bad thing that happens to you is a result of it. The other fallacy, which is much more common in our world today, especially in our Western world, that is believing that it doesn't exist at all. So believing that there is no spiritual warfare, believing that there is no negative influences out there, that would be folly because, again, the Bible tells us to be on guard, to be sober-minded because our, the enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Again, I do not say this to scare us, but we need to be aware but not afraid because Jesus has given us victory over this present darkness. So again, going back to one of my main points of my message today is that what we believe determines what we do. What we believe determines what we do, and what that means is, therefore, what we believe is incredibly important. So there is an enemy, and one of the main ways that he keeps us from engaging in the mission of God and becoming the men and women that we were created to be, one of the main ways he does that is through the lies that we believe, or is through feeding us lies through a bunch of different avenues. And so there's two main avenues that I want to identify today that the enemy uses in order to get, feed us lies in this place. And the first one is our world. And by that I mean our culture, so like social media, news, books, TV. There's one way he does to send messages, to send lies to us that are not true. And the second place is the sinful acts of others. And so we're going to be talking about those two things. And so the first place that I want to start is with the world. Every single day, and I know you guys know this, every single day we are bombarded with messages from the world. We are bombarded with messages from the world. And these messages influence us. It would be naive for us to think that the things that we ingest, the entertainment we look at, do not influence us because they absolutely do. So every song we listen to, every TV show we watch, every movie that we watch, book we read, whatever it is, social media interaction, all influence us into the man or woman that we were meant to be. Um... There's a really awesome quote that I had. My, my, I, I was a part of an organization at Liberty, uh, and they did a lot of leadership seminars, and one woman shared this quote that her mom would say to her often. It was really amazing, so I thought I would share this, and this is just an example that kind of illustrates how the messages of the world influence us. She says, the news cannot tell you what to think, but it can tell you what to think about. The news cannot tell you what to think, but it can tell you what to think about. I heard that, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so good. I'm going to use that in a sermon one day, and here I am. I'm a man of my word. That's awesome. So don't get me wrong. I am not one of those preachers or pastors that are like, don't go to the movies. Don't watch Netflix or anything like that. I love going to the movies. I just saw Jurassic World. It was amazing. Love watching dinosaurs eating each other. That's one of my favorite hobbies. So I'm not saying don't go to the movies. Please do. But one thing that I'm incredibly, incredibly passionate about is being very selective with our entertainment. 
Because again, the messages that they send influence us. One of the biggest things that I kept telling my guys down at Liberty where I did ministry, I did college ministry down there, one of the biggest things that I, I told them was I was like, you need to be very selective about your entertainment. You need to be very careful about what you're allowing to influence you. And so what I would tell them, and parents, parents, I would encourage you to do this with your kids as well, and I would encourage all of us to do this with our lives, is I would say, before you select something to entertain yourself, I would recommend asking yourself this question. So ask yourself this question. Does this fill in the blank, song, TV show, movie, whatever it is, does this that I'm about to enjoy, does this make me more into the man or woman that God wants me to be? Does this influence me to become the man or woman that I was created to be? If the answer is yes, like dinosaurs attacking each other, how can that not make you into a man or woman that God created you to be? If the answer is yes, then my goodness, go for it, enjoy, listen to that song, watch that movie, read that book, go for it, become more of the man or woman that God wants you to be. But if the answer is no, then bye bye Get that out of here. You don't want that in your life. You don't want that influence you away from what God created you to be. And so that's just something that I would always encourage uh, the guys down at Liberty to do is just ask yourself the question. It takes maybe a minute most saying, does this influence me into the man or woman that I was created to be? So we need to be selective about our entertainment because the enemy will use this to feed us lies. An example of a lie in our culture today, a message that is being sent to us that, that true, is not true biblically, is the message that you are what you feel. And so people are inherently good. Whatever you feel, whatever desire you have in your heart, go and gratify that to the fullest. Treat yourself, some might say. I'm, not, I'm a fan of Parks and Rec. I do enjoy Parks and Rec. But anyway, you, you just, that's the lie in our culture is that whatever you feel is good, it's amazing, just go for it. And the reason that we know this is a lie is because it is in the exact opposition to what biblical truth says. Because Jesus told us that you need to, in order to have life, we need to deny ourselves, pick up our crosses, and follow him in order to live life and live it abundantly. And so the reason he told us to do that was because if we follow every single desire within our sinful and broken heart, it is going to lead to a lot of slavery. To give you, give you, to give you a few examples of this, um, the opioid crisis that we're experiencing today. Like, all of the sexual addiction that we see, the alcoholism that we see are all a result of this message that whatever desire you have in your heart, you should fulfill to the fullest. It is a good thing. You should go for it because it leads to slavery, to things that we were never meant to be slaves to, things that we were never meant to be subject to. And I truly believe that even the world is finally realizing this. Because people are breaking their silence. They're stepping up and stepping out and saying, hey, I have been abused in this way. I have been hurt in this way. And it is heartbreaking and it is evil, the things that people are doing to one another. But this is the direct result of a lie that is in our world today. Because those abuse situations, what they happen is, is, is when I, you know, a person looks at themselves and says, I'm inherently good. Whatever I feel, I need to gratify to the fullest. And so I look at another person, and rather than seeing someone created in the image of God with inherent worth and value, I see an object for my pleasure. And that leads to the terrible things that we see today. And so this is just one example of, of a lie that the world sends us, and I believe Satan uses to keep us from engaging in the mission of God and becoming the men and women that we were created to be. And so we need to be aware of this. We need to combat it, and we need to stay away from it. The next way we are bombarded with lies is through the sinful acts of others. 
Um, and a lot of you may connect with this point that, that many lies, many messages are sent through us through the sinful acts of others. We live in a very broken world, and because of that, they are filled with broken people that do broken things to one another. Um, people will do things, whether maliciously or not, that communicate lies and evil messages that affect the way we live our life. And some of you guys may relate to that very personally. Um, one of my friends, I won't use his name just to kind of protect his story, but one of my friends, he had a father who was never there for him. He was present physically, but was not present in any other area. Uh, he would not support him if he had a, a game or something. He would never go to it. He would never ask his son how he was doing. He would never show any interest in his son. He would treat his son, his, my friend's mom, his wife, very poorly. He acted very selfishly. I won't go into specifics, but he was just a very, very... Um, negative influence in my friend's life. And so what message this communicated to my friend was, hey, uh, you need to earn love, and guess what? You will never be able to earn my love. The message that this communicated to my friend was, you are an inconvenience to me, and my life would be a lot better if you were not around. The message that this communicated, which is, is just is so broken, is that you are not loved. And this breaks my heart because what this led to, ultimately, when I, when I entered into his life, when I met him as one of my friends, is one day I walked into his room just to check on him, how, seeing how he was doing, and he was journaling, he was writing, and the last line that he wrote was, I don't think anyone would miss me if I was gone. And so lies are communicated to us in this world, not only through the world and culture and things like that, but also through the sinful acts of others. And this breaks my heart, and, and, and if I could encourage you here, brothers and sisters, please, please, please recognize how your actions send messages to other people. Your actions influence others. And that could be either positively, encouraging them towards becoming the men and women that God created them to be, or negatively, communicating lies that can dramatically affect the way they live our life. And we also need to recognize that lies have been communicated to us from the sinful acts of others. And so I would encourage you, even though it may be difficult, even though it may be hard, sit down and reflect, what lies could I possibly be believing? What things have happened to me in my life? What has that communicated to me? And how is that affecting the way I live my life? Because that's one of the first steps to freedom is recognizing it as a lie. One thing that's incredibly, incredibly important to recognize is that this tactic, using lies to keep people from engaging in the mission of God, this tactic is not new for Satan. He, had been, he has been doing this since day one, or eight, since there's seven days of creation. I don't, the Bible doesn't really record where Satan enters a picture, but maybe it's past day eight. So he's been doing it ever since he entered on the scene, and I'm going to read that today. So in Genesis chapter 3, we see Satan enter into the scene. This is the fall of mankind, and it says, starting in verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, so he's, he's accusing God, he's making her question God. You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It's a lie. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked. 
And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So brothers and sisters, literally the first recorded interaction of the enemy with us as humans, he tells us lies. And it led to the fall of mankind and it led to all of destruction and all of the sin that we see today. And so we need to recognize this, that Satan is a liar and there are many ways that he uses in order to, to tempt us to believe those lies. And again, going back to uh, the fact that what we believe determines what we do, when we believe lies, it keeps us from engaging in the mission of God and becoming the men and women that we were created to, de- to be. So the question becomes, obviously, Sean, you've really bummed us out with all the lies that are present in this world. You've really bummed us out with the current state of this world. Sean, is there any way to combat these lies? Is there any way to combat these lies? I'm so glad you asked because I prepared an answer to that. So that's fantastic. So I'll I'll dive into that right now. Brothers and sisters, you combat the lies of the enemy with the truth. You combat the lies of the enemy with the truth. And I know that when I say that, that that's not a revolutionary concept of like, wow, lies get defeated by truth. That's crazy. But it breaks my heart because I've had so many one-on-one conversations, so many conversations with people that know that they need truth in their lives, that they know they need to be reminding themselves of truth when lies come, and yet we do not do it. We have the antidote, yet we refuse to take the medicine. We have the antidote, but we refuse to take the medicine. Because we need the truth of a God who loves us in our lives. There is an incredible song out right now called Who You Say I Am. Has anyone ever heard this song, Who You Say I Am? Lori, thank you. appreciate it. K-Love. Listen to K-Love. Shout out. They only play five songs, but they're really good five songs. <laughs> the song is called Who You Say I Am. I encourage you all to listen to it because the truth behind it is basically what they're declaring is, I am not what the world says I am. I am not what my boyfriend or girlfriend says I am. I'm not even what my parents say I am. I am who God says I am. Because that is the truth. I'm not what the world says I am. I'm not even what my feelings say I am. I am who God says I am. And what God says is that we are loved. We are chosen. He is with us. And this is the truth that we need to be reminding of ourselves on daily. And this truth transforms us. As we read in our scripture today in John 17. Which I'll flip over here. It's a big Bible. Um, John 17, starting in verse 17 Jesus, because we know that in order to combat lies, we need truth, and Jesus said this as well. Jesus, starting in verse 17 of John 17, which John 17 is Jesus' prayer for his disciples, but then also ultimately his prayer for every disciple that would come after that. So it's actually Jesus' prayer for you. So I would recommend, if you ever want to know what Jesus wants for you, or whatever Jesus' prayer is for you, I would recommend reading John 17. So starting in verse 17, it says, Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate themselves, to consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. And so in other words, what Jesus is praying, because you know, it says, sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. Sanctify, that's a big church word, big seminary word. I barely know what it means, but basically what it means is that Jesus is praying for us that we would become more like him. Jesus is praying, God, please make my disciples, please make every Christian that's going to come after me, please make them more like me by, get, by their immersion in my truth. Please make them more like me by the immersion in the word of God. 
And so he's praying, I please make them more patient, more loving, more kind, more like the fruit of the Spirit by their immersion in the Word. And so this is the formula. If we want to become more like Jesus, if we want to become the men and women that God created us to be, then we need to get in his truth. We need to remind ourselves of this truth on a daily basis. So that way, when a lie from the enemy comes that maybe says you're worthless, you can respond by saying, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true at all. Because the Lord loves me so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for me. I have more worth than you could possibly imagine because God gave me that worth. In order to illustrate this point more fully, I'm going to go back to the story that I told earlier about my friend. So we had a lot of conversations just kind of working through the lies that he received from his father and just kind of counseling him and encouraging him. And I always kind of struggled with with how to help him because it was such a devastating situation. And one night we were hanging out. Uh, he was showing me two of his movies that he really, really loved, and so we watched the first movie together, and we were in the intermission period between the first and the second movie, and we were, he was getting everything together. I was kind of chilling, laying on the bed. He was laying on my couch, and he was getting the second movie ready, and as he was talking, he just happened to mention something about his father, and in that moment, I felt the Lord lay on my heart, this person needs truth. My son needs truth, and Sean, you need to tell him truth. And so as he was getting the, the DVD already and putting it in, I was like, I, I said, friend, I'll use his name, but I'm not going to use his name. But I said, friend, hold on one second. I need to tell you something. I know your father hurt you. I know your father has done really terrible things, and, and I don't even know a quarter or a sliver of what he has done. But I want you to know that you have a heavenly father. And he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for your sins just so he could have a relationship with you. And that relationship is not an inconvenience to him. That's a relationship that he loves to have, that he adores to have. He has numbered the hairs on your head. He knows you better than he knows yourself. And he has plans for you, and those plans are good. And he's internally invested in seeing you become the man that you were created to be. And so, yes, your earthly father failed you in many, many ways, but your heavenly father never will. And your heavenly Father has placed a bunch of people around you, brothers and sisters, and even heaven, like earthly fathers figures in the, in the form of professors and all those people that would very much miss you if you were gone. He has given you a family. And when I told him this, he fell down to his knees and he had tears in his eyes and he said, Sean, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. And I don't tell this story to be like, wow, like Sean's a really cool guy. He's super encouraging. That's not the point of the story because if there, if there was no God, if there was no Jesus, if there was no gospel, there would be no truth to encourage him with. The point of this story is to show you the power of the truth. To show you that the truth of God is incredibly powerful and it combats the lies that are sent to us each and every day. So going back to the formula of getting in the truth, getting in the word of God, Pastor Josh talked last week about before you can make any changes, there first needs to be a desire to change. So that's step one. Pray that the Lord would ask you to give you a desire to change. And I would argue this week that the next step we need to do is to get in God's Word. Get in the Word of God. Remind yourself of truth on a daily basis and just watch it transform your life. That is where the journey of change begins. Not only deciding in your heart, I'm going to make a change, but then getting in the Word of God, which transforms us. 
And I know we don't start our official Bible reading plan until January, uh, but if you don't tell Josh, I won't tell Josh. Uh, he probably would be okay with it too. Pastor Josh, you cool with it? I don't know where he is, but he's sure you're good. He's giving a thumbs up somewhere. Oh, he's up in the lights. Thank you. He's giving a thumbs up. Josh is totally cool if you guys start reading the Bible before January. I'm cool with it too. It's totally endorsed by Hope Community Church. This is great. Uh, and you don't even need to start in Genesis. Start in John. Start in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. There's a million Johns you could start in. But get yourself in the Word. Get yourself in truth. Because this truth transforms our lives. And there's so many lies in the world. Um, has anyone heard of the theologian and pastor John Piper? Anyone? Oh, yeah. Get some pipes in your life. He's so good. Jay Pipes. We're friends. It's cool. I can call him that. John Piper, he's, he's like 70, 75 years old. He's an amazing theologian. I would recommend every single book he has, especially one called Don't Waste Your Life. It's awesome. Uh, but John Piper has a quote where he talks about he says every single day, and this, this guy's amazing, he's an idol in my life, he's an incredibly godly man, super sanctified to use a church word, he is awesome. But he says every single day I wake up and the devil is laying on my back. He's like every single day the lies of this world, the temptations of the devil, everything attacks me. And so if this amazing, super sanctified, super godly guy is attacked by lies every single day, so much so that he says, that's why I need to get in the word every single day, memorizing a scripture, memorizing a truth. I need to get the truth in my life every single day in order to combat these temptations. If this incredible theologian needs that every single day, how much more do we lay people need it? We need the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And so start reading the Bible. If you want a little practical life hack, I've heard this, uh, this said in a few different speeches, and I think it's really, really awesome. Practical little life hack that you can implement literally tomorrow um, in order to get yourself more in a prayerful mindset, in order to get yourself in a word in a practical way. Um, I would recommend that tonight when you go to bed, take whatever you grab first in the morning. So whether that's your phone, whether that's your wallet, keys, whatever it is, take that and place it underneath your bed. Put your alarm clock underneath your bed if that's the first thing you smash in the morning. Take that and put it under your bed. So that way, every single morning, you will start your day out on your knees. Pray. Ask the Lord to remind you of truth. Ask the Lord to enter into your life. Ask the Lord to transform you. Ask the Lord to even just give you a desire to change. That takes two minutes. I would highly recommend just starting there. Maybe, you know, maybe put your Bible under there too. That's fine. Put the Bible under there. Take that out. Open it. If you're at the DMV, if you're waiting in the line somewhere, here's another little practical life hack. Just pull out the Bible app. Or pull out something along those lines. I promise you it's going to be a lot more encouraging than social media because that just leads to a comparison and it's just not a good time. And so I highly recommend thinking of practical ways to get yourself in truth. You don't need to sit down and study the Bible deeply for three hours. You could very much simply Google, what does God say about me? And read those verses, and you will see your life transformed. And so that is my exhortation to you guys today. Um, thank you all so much for listening. I'm going to pray. The band can come up, and we can end just worshiping the amazing God who has given us truth to combat the lies of the enemy. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that there is truth. We thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for us, to have a relationship with us. We thank you so, so much for that. It is amazing to have truth in this world. And so I pray that you help us to seek you more and more every single day to do the things that we need to do in order to pursue you more. Uh, please enable us to do that because it's only by your grace that we are able to. 
We love you so much. Thank you for being us today. Thank you for your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.